Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. I don't know what's going to happen. I haven't been this nervous about a playoff chasing over a dozen years. The Magic could collapse, or they could clinch a playoff spot before that final game in Charlotte that's less than two weeks away. I don't know, but you know what? I'd rather be scared than feel apathetic. Let's go! Okay, we're going to change up the uh, way we've been kind of doing podcasts here for, for a bit since every game seems to be more important than the next every day. Uh, we're recording Friday at about 6 p.m. We're going to try and come back at you with another one either before or after the Knicks game next week. But uh, we're going to talk about uh, what was the start of a really great week for the Magic and then uh, I took a little bit of a slap to the face uh, yesterday against Detroit. But so, like I said, we're recording this before the Friday slate of games, but as the standings go right now, the Magic are down to ninth. Uh, their six-game winning streak was taken away from them, unfortunately. And right now they are a game and a half back of sixth-place Detroit, one game back of seventh-place Brooklyn, and now a half game back of Miami, and right behind them, they won't go away. The Charlotte Hornets are a, one, a game back. Still hanging around. However, we both have 39 losses. Magic have 37 wins. Charlotte's only got 35. And Charlotte's arguably got the worst schedule going the rest of the way out of all those teams I just discussed. So I'm just going to mention them, but I really I don't think they'll, they'll factor in. But we're going to find out. Uh, but let's talk about the good with the Magic this week. We're going to start with the, with the Philly game on started Monday. Started out real good. Yeah, really good. Well, not so good necessarily with how the game started, but uh, yeah, the Magic... Well, first off, going into that game, the Magic signed Mark Michael Carter-Williams to a second uh, 10-day contract. Uh, I will. We will talk about how he's probably already the Magic's greatest 10-day contract signing in Magic history. Is not a lot of competition, but um, and then we're also going to talk about our magical moments, uh, where we will discuss game one of the 2008 uh, first round playoffs, Magic Raptors in Orlando, and uh, it's a fun one. Some good playoff mojo. Yeah, and since Toronto could very well be a team that we uh, that we face in the first round if we make the playoffs, we'll we'll find out. But uh, the Heat uh, magical moments from last weekend worked out. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that in a moment. So Philly, so the Magic beat the Sixers one nineteen ninety eight in what was a very strange game. Uh, the Magic they so first off Philly they're pretty much locked into the third seed. However, in the Eastern Conference, however they've kind of been up and down of late, and they're trying to find a rhythm going into the playoffs. So I didn't expect them to lay down. Um, only Ben Simmons was out. Initially, it was determined to be a stomach virus, but later diagnosed as uh, gastroenteritis. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. Do we do we credit the the cooks at the Grand Bohemian? What what do we do with this? I, right. I don't know. But uh, you know, last time Ben Simmons for brunch <laughs> is it that much? I don't know. <laughs> I think I've only stayed there once. Um, but the way look, Ben Simmons. It's funny. The last time these two teams met, the the Magic didn't go up against Joel Embiid, and it didn't matter because Simmons, Redick, some of the Sixers bigs that weren't Joel Embiid caused issues for Vooch and the Magic. And this time they had everybody pretty much but Joel Embiid, or but uh, Ben Simmons, and Vooch got the better of Embiid basically in this game. Uh, without Ben Simmons, T.J. McConnell started at point guard, and I mean the first half, very tight first two and two quarter. Well, First, very tight first half in general, but I'd say the whole out of the game as a whole, the first two and a half quarters were pretty tight. Uh, the Sixers were only up three points at the break, even though they were shooting 61.5%, while Orlando was shooting just 42%. It's kind of developing a weird trend where the Magic aren't really showing up in the first half, That's especially kind of defensively. A, yeah, theme for the week. Right? Um, it ended up coming to bite them at the end of the week, but the, uh, the Magic, they... Uh, Look, the third quarter comes in. Somewhere around the midpoint of the third quarter, they end up in, in going into the fourth quarter. They hold Philly without a field goal for 11 minutes and 42 seconds, which sounds ungodly, but it happened. 
the Sixers missed 15 straight shots during that time. The Magic, during that stretch, went from being up 78-77 to up 108-82. Ball game. Quite the run. Uh, the Magic in the game, 17-4 fast break point advantage, 9-4 steal advantage. Magic only coughed up seven turnovers. Fournier had a stretch where he made 20 points in the second half on 9-10 of 10 shooting. So, for all the crap we get, we've been giving him and we'll continue to give him, he's... He showed up. He showed up, and he had... For the game, 24 points total on 11 of 17 shooting and 7 assists. So in between all that, there's a 9 of 10 shooting, shooting uh, spree at that point. Like I said earlier, Vooch got the better of uh, Embiid. And on the season, he's actually done really well against Embiid. He's had like a 30-point game, a 27-point game. He, Vooch had 28 and 11 against Embiid. Embiid, 20 and 10. But, I mean... If you cancel out Embiid, then you're holding your own. You're doing your job for that night against Philly, that's for sure. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams continued to surprise us. He had 15 points, which is the most he scored in over a year when he was a Chicago Bull. Along with six rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. And he got a standing ovation. And And he deserved one. He deserved it. And he didn't pick up a technical foul, so he actually got the standing ovation. Uh, there's that fun little video or gif going around where he's like high five in the bench, and then he forgets to get Markel Fultz and Isaiah Bris- or Fultz and Isaiah Briscoe. He gets them. Um, Kem Birch, ten points on ten free throw attempts. He it, this was just a magic hustle game, the way I see it. Yeah. It's you know the magic. They they didn't quite bring the defense they needed to bring in the first half. I, I don't know Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris. They kind of got it going those first two and a half quarters basically, and then they were quiet the rest of the game. Just something turned on, a switch turned on, and I like listen because I um, I'm a Phillies, Flyers, and Eagles fan. I like listening to uh, sports talk radio on the uh, iHeart uh, Radio app in Philadelphia. Yeah. So there's uh, they have 97.5 the Fanatic, and it was very funny how they were kind of freaking out after this game. Uh, they were talking about how Tobias and Jimmy Butler disappeared. Reddick was horrible, which. He owed us one, to be well, frank. Well, yeah, because he was struggling going into the last game up he, in Philadelphia. Yeah, where he, he put up 31 flame points. throwing. Yeah. So, uh, we still got a little bit from Shake Melton, so I think it all evened out in the backcourt. That is true, actually. Uh, TJ McConnell was out-hustled, they said, for the very first time ever. So credit to Michael Carter-Williams yeah. and DJ Augustine. And Philly's kind of an implosion, lack of leadership. We could have, you know, We don't even know how to do defensive switches type stuff. So... Anyway, the Magic won that. Look, on the last pod we said it'd be nice to get, but the one we needed to get was Miami. So going from Monday night to a quick flight yep. into, my, into Miami, into back South back. Beach, back-to-back, back, Tuesday night, the Magic won 104-99. to Let me tell you about this game. <laughs> well, quite the game. And also, I think you know the, the team is really hyping things up. We have watch parties again throughout Central Florida. That one was in... Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings UCF. I don't know what the turnout was there, but which gives me kind of throwback memories from the '09 playoff <laughs> right. run, where like we're all standing up on the table when we beat yeah. Boston. But that's probably a magical moment, maybe I don't know, because some of us were getting served alcohol illegally yeah. that type. But um, the, <laughs> the, this was a big game because look, if the Magic won that game, they would have gotten the tiebreaker against the Heat, right? If should they be tied in the standings and. Even if they had lost, they still could have gotten a tiebreaker. Other avenues to achieve it, but this one, we lock it up. That, and you get to stick it to your rival, which we did. And I guess the Magic were really good on... uh, Well, first off, going two seconds back to the Philly game. The Magic broke a weird record that I was not aware of, but this was the first time in franchise history the Magic swept a five-game homestand. Which is, I, how many times, how many years do you get a five-game homestand? It's not very regular, but still impressive. Yeah, and, you know, at that point, the Magic had, well, and it's still the case now because yeah. they're, they're on the road, but the Magic have won seven straight home games for the first time since late 2010, early 2011, where the Magic and won And all eight. those are Orlando home games, yes. right? Not it, counting. Not Mexico, no Mexico so, City. So, all right. So. All right. Um, but going into the Heat game, the... Uh, the Heat were apparently 2-1 and one all time on Jersey retirement nights. Um, the lone loss came when uh, Alonzo Mornings number 33 got retired. And who'd they play that night? Ah, uh, your Orlando Magic. Wow. So, I was hoping that would uh, set the tone. And, uh, you know, it didn't look good going into the game because the Heat were going to retire Chris Bosh uh, as Jersey at halftime. I thought 
you know, considering the Spurs of late, they've been retiring, like, Tim Duncan's jersey. They've been retiring, you know, just now, just recently, last night, they retired wow. Manu Ginobili's jersey. But they wait till after the game. Right. No time constraints. And this isn't like a, like, I don't know when the, I think the Oklahoma City Thunder, when they retired Nick Collison's jersey, they did it during the pregame. Yeah. But Chris Bosh, big reason why they got those rings during the LeBron D-Wade run. Yeah. And so... To be fair, would you trade one regular season loss for four finals trips and two championships? Well, yeah. Okay. But, All right. But still, this is Dwayne Wade's like last for right. that, last All raw right. thing. They were they they've been hyping this so much, yeah. and yet they stick this Bosch thing, which they know what they're doing when they do these against oh, the Magic. Yeah. They're looking for a little bit of extra energy. So we'll get to that halftime situation in a bit because I had some tweets going on with yeah. that, but. You know, had the Magic won the game against Miami, which they did, they got the tiebreaker, and they're in eighth place at this point now. Back in the playoffs, yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked, and the Heat, they didn't have Justice Winslow, which I think played a factor, but they do this thing now where, like, and we mentioned the last pod, but Wade's coming off the bench, Gordon Dragic is coming off the bench, yeah. Hassan Whiteside's coming off the bench, and yet... To start the game, the Magic starters didn't didn't fare too well. They, no. The Magic trailed 14-5 early in the game. Just didn't match Miami's energy at all between, you know, Bam out of Bayou and, like, Josh Richardson, etc. Now, as you're watching the game, though, and, and we'll talk about the second quarter, too, but the, the shooting was not great. The defense was not up to the level that it needed to be. But did you ever feel any sense of pain? I didn't. The first half, it just, you didn't feel panic. I actually didn't know, no. surprisingly, because. And that's the first time in a long time. A lot of it's like you... Aaron Gordon, Isaac's missing, missing right. shots. And this isn't like six months ago where you might expect that. Like, they've been making shots. Yeah. Um, they were missing wide open shots. Heat end the first quarter, though, on a 12-0 run, and they're up 32-18 going right. into the second. I'm still not freaking out, though. I'm really not. And then the Magic end up using a 10-0 run to trail 40-33 to with about five minutes to go in the first half. Magic only down 51-42, nine points at halftime. Keep it within single digits. This is considering the Magic were shooting 32% from the field. The Miami was Miami was shooting 47.5%. Yeah. Augustine, he was keeping us in it. He had 12 points. Just great half. He got robbed, as always, of some what should have been foul calls earned. Just wasn't coming. Josh Richardson was pacing Miami with 15 points. Deion Waiters had 12. So, before the third quarter, there's this extended halftime show. Yeah. And uh, Josh Robbins actually timed it. The halftime went from 8.35 p.m. Eastern time to the third quarter didn't start until 9.11 p.m. Eastern I, time. Now, I love Josh Robbins, and he did time it. But I think that he, one way or another, he was determined to write that article. That was pre-written, like, for his game recap, right? Whether it amounted to anything or not, that was the, you know. I guess, but I, look, I, I, I was hoping that Find a new Miami slant. would, I was hoping Miami would cool off uh, at, at halftime, and then I just got mad watching the Bosch thing. Not Like, you could do the jersey ceremony fine, like, the speech wasn't the issue, it's just, I don't know, like, you can't wait till after the game, because it went from what's normally a 15-minute halftime to we're talking over 35 minutes. And Wade actually talks. Like, it's yeah. not just Pat Riley and Bosch talking. Haslam talks. Haslam, I think, talks. Uh, Dwayne Wade talks. Like, the whole Miami Heat bench and coaching staff are sitting down behind right. Bosch, like, five minutes into the ceremony, which, again, if I'm a Magic guy and I'm seeing this either in the tunnel or on the in, you know the in-arena TVs or whatever – I'm getting unhappy because that I'm thinking Miami's not taking us seriously. So you're okay. Who 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 are you mad at? Are you mad at the game operations people yeah, for probably. not timing? Like, should they have given Bosch playoff music? Like, not playoff music, but should they have like stage play him off the stage music? Who takes the blame for letting that drag on so long? It's the game ops. It's not right? Bosch. Yeah. Bosch. I have no issue with Bosch yeah. at all. It's his moment. It's his moment. Like, even if it was 25 minutes, I would have been okay with it because it wouldn't have actually been 25 minutes. It would have been, like, 15 right. or whatever. Yeah. Because then the team's got to spend five, seven, ten minutes warming up. But Do that you didn't think happen. that it did play into the Magic psyche to start the third quarter? I think so. Now, I think Miami's got this thing going on where they suck in third quarters right. in general, but... Any little thing helps, right? Yeah, and... Look, it, it it showed as soon as the, the third quarter began because the Magic, 
forced Spolster to call the first time out. Isaac Vooch and Fournier hit threes. Isaac got torrid. You think he had 11 points in the third quarter, and the Magic were down just two points with 7.29 to go in the third quarter. I mean, look, I think the reason why the Game Ops people did it halftime is because Miami people suck at showing up early, and... We found out, too, they don't stay late. Yeah. So they're not – I don't think they're as good as Spurs fans. And Spurs fans aren't known as, like, ridiculously amazing, I don't think. Like, if the Magic do ever come around and, and retire a jersey, hopefully after the Magic win a championship or something, they need to do either before the game or after the game a a ceremony for the jersey, not in the middle of it. Yeah. Especially if it's an important person like Bosch. Even though he's only he was only there what four seasons something like, or five eh, five six seasons something like that yeah um, he's gonna probably go down as a top five top six Miami Heat player all time I mean just by virtue of the contribution yeah. to the championships yeah for so sure. I get that he needed the time and and whatnot and again not his fault do it before or after the game yeah that's it so the Magic used that as motivation. Uh, an aggressive Fournier got an and one, and then Isaac hit another quick three, and the Magic got their first lead of the game. Uh, they were up 63-62, fully erasing a 17-point deficit. Yeah. Uh, threes kept dropping. Michael Carter-Williams hit one. He answered a Dwayne Wade wide-open three with one of his own, so big middle finger to Wade on that. Love Mar- Michael Carter-Williams. Uh, love the hustle. Love the energy. Do not love the heat checking that he's been doing lately. Especially since it Especially bit him when, in the ass yeah, against when, Detroit. When we're on, mad, but, when we're on runs. Um, and then Isaac hits yet another three, and he's doing a little bit of guilt, you know, galloping. I don't know. He's a little giddy up yeah, in his step coming right. back. He should be. Uh, That's how you want him to play, right? And so the Magic take a 76-70 lead going into the fourth quarter. They're up 30. They, they won the third quarter 34-19. Fourth quarter starts. In yeah. honor of Chris, Chris Bosh, Instead of doing the uh, the swag surf, which is actually pretty cool, I which think. Which you've when, talked about before, yeah. Which they do the swag surf song, yeah. and like I, it would get me going, honestly. Sure. I, but in honor of Chris Bosh, the Heat instead did the Harlem Shake because of the uh, LeBron James locker room type okay. thing they did when All they right. did the Harlem Shake video. They were like the first team to really do it. Yeah. And they did that instead, and it's it's a flat song. People don't realize it, but after like the first like 10, 15 seconds, okay. you lose a ton it's of momentum. A flat... <laughs> it's not swag surfing good. It's not. It's not even close. So <laughs> what has more beats per minute though? I don't fucking know. The Star Wars theme? That's a pretty flat song coming into the fourth quarter. I mean I love But it's it. loud it's like, and like it gets you. It's going. a tradition. Like, All right. You okay. can't dance you can't dance to it, no. but like you get up for it because right. it's it's just the the, the okay. song, it's just the orchestra, the way it plays. Yeah. Alright, fair enough. So they didn't play the swag surf, and that doomed him, I thought, because yeah. uh, Birch is out there out hustling Whiteside, and he gets his beautiful just tap to Aaron, who gets a quick dunk to put the magic up 80-72. to 72. Yeah, big time play. Um, Wade, in typical fashion, was starting to warm up. He had uh, the first 10 points of the fourth quarter for Miami, including a four-point play that was kind of sketchy on an yeah. Evan Fournier foul. But uh, point, that's the thing, so you're watching, and Fournier has a tendency to do it. A one dude has a tendency to oh hell the oh, whole NBA I mean, has Aaron a tendency does to, it Isaac yeah. does it but like, God's sake he's been playing for what 13, 14, 15 years now I'm trying to count something like that 16, I mean he's thirty seven years old two thousand three so. whatever pull your fucking hands back man uh, don't yeah. put your hand out there yeah it's uh, I, I mean he was getting hot I get it yeah he but. did get which he does which he does against us. And then uh, a huge block by Jonathan Isaac on James Johnson. Eventually leads to a Vooch 3. Magic are up 7 midway through the 4th, so they kind of survive the Wade run there a little bit. And uh, then the Heat switch to zone. Aaron continues just to defend Wade the rest of the, the game, and he shut him up. Uh, Aaron, if he can yeah. do that down the stretch and into, into the playoffs, it's going to be a factor here if we, if we get to that point. But. Look, I think a lot of NBA teams are incorporating zone defense. Miami has been one of the teams that has played a lot of zone. Yeah. I think it was a huge help that we recently played Memphis. We, the couple Apparently, of games that we've yeah. seen, we've been seeing a lot of zone. And I think that we were able to execute down the stretch a lot better having seen game action. So instead of an A and one for Aaron Gordon, he gets tagged with a travel. Uh, which was bullshit yeah. and could have been a huge turning point. Which 
because then Miami cuts the magic lead to just three with 3.30 to go in the game. Yeah. And I'm getting nervous again because I'm thinking, oh, Christ, the refs are going to are gonna do this again maybe. But uh, nope, didn't happen. Vooch puts the magic up 97-91 with a minute 23 to go. Deion Waiters hit some threes late, but uh, <laughs> the Magic hit free throws, though, thank God. So, Big time closeout uh, job. DJ Augustine, he continues to be the free throw guy, and we should probably stick with that. But Magic won that 104-99. No more, no more back, back-to-backs to worry about the rest of the way, yeah. so rest is in our favor. But sorry, I cut your no, point there. I, well, I think any time that we play Miami, the litmus test for us tends to be the last few years is Kelly Olynyk going to hit shots? And he kind of sucked it up. He choked was, bad. Yeah, I mean, he had a lot of threes that were not even close. And luckily, we did just enough to survive Dwayne Wade. So the Magic win the season series with Miami three games to one. Uh, Orlando had, at that point, won six straight games. And the last time the Magic won straight six straight games in general was late December 2010, early 2011. So... Around the same time they did the home streak, yeah. which is still alive because they're on the road. But yeah. that was when they won nine straight games. So, obviously, Detroit happens Thursday night. Magic six-game win streak ends, which sucks because going into that game, the Magic were 5-0 and with Michael Carter-Williams. Uh, so that's another streak that died. But... I don't want to talk too much about Detroit because it got if, ugly quick. Yeah, but. I don't know if there's a lot to say. It, it followed the same formula as the other games this week, except the second half, we never woke up. And to, we all know we're not, the Magic are not talented enough to play less than 48 minutes of basketball, good basketball, and but, plan to win. But here's the thing, though the energy was there. And I mean, I, I thought the energy was there. It's just I, I don't know what happened defensive wise. I mean, the Magic looked at film today, Friday, as they go and prepare for this uh, Pacers game. But uh, let's let's dive in a little bit. And we'll we'll talk about just kind of what you saw, maybe defensively. Yeah, sure. But Detroit typically goes as Reggie Jackson goes. I mean. He wasn't that big of a factor at the end, but he kind of got him going early. Um, well, you could tell that uh, they were focused on Reggie Jackson because Evan Fournier was assigned to guard Reggie Jackson to start the game. Yeah, and Clifford still regards him as one of our better defenders. Which I think is true in terms of he, he, has he sticks the body with to guys. Yeah, right. he's built for it. It's the thing is with him though, you can notice real quick if he's not on it defensively and. Again, look, Reggie Jackson is key, honestly. If you look at all Detroit, they've been slipping of late because I don't know if he's nicked up or, or what's going on with him. He, he just hasn't been as good of late. And he, literally Detroit's playoff lives depend on Reggie Jackson at this point. Uh, Vooch, early on and Rough. often throughout the game, yeah. missed a lot of shots. Once he usually puts down. Well, gimmies. I mean, not even yeah. just Vooch is talented and he makes shots, but shots that anyone makes. He had a rough 12 points in the game. He's three points behind. Uh, he's three points for matching uh, Shaquille O'Neal for fifth place on the Magic all-time points list. I wonder if somebody had whispered that to him going into the game because he looked, he looked off. And look, part of that's Andre Drummond, but, I mean, he, he makes those shots a lot of times. And so... I don't know, but the Magic were down nine. Then uh, the well, Magic. If, if we're talking just the first quarter, right? yeah, I don't still, think, yeah. yeah, we we didn't get terrible shots. I thought we, no, for the most part, shots. the first twelve minutes we missed open shots, and even the shots that Detroit were hitting, they were hitting a lot of mid-range shots, and yeah. that's stuff that, as a coaching staff, right, you want to give up. That's what you're giving up because it's not sustainable. Yeah. Except it is sustainable if you don't lock up the rest of the way and we'll yeah. talk about that too and look the look the magic they were down nine they get in a one two three aaron gordon fast break dunk seven oh run you're down 16 14 you think okay they've yeah. settled in yeah look detroit and that little caesar's arena they still can't fill that fucking place up <laughs> and no. so but i mean they still got the annoying detroit pa guy still and he kind of he gets whatever crowds in there he gets them going and I don't know. We just looked flustered. I, I don't know why, um, but Aaron, I thought overall played great defense against Blake Griffin. Even though Blake Griffin went at him like a battering ram. Yeah, but. and that's the thing too. I think Blake Griffin obviously gets away with a lot of bullshit. Um, Aaron Gordon couldn't have played him better, and for the scheme to call for, I don't. Know, I you have to assume it's the scheme to call for the digs and the and the stunts and the full out double teams. Yeah. Like, 
why? Mm. I, Aaron Gordon was doing his job. All the points, especially in the first half, all the points that Blake Griffin scored were either end of shot clock or against scrambling, you know, scoring against Vooch or somebody rotating over. Aaron was pretty much shutting him down and matching him on the offensive end. And that's why you're my guy. You got a better eye for stuff like that than me. I'm kind of more focusing on other things. But um, like Augustine looked like he was going to bail us out again. He has. Two fancy dribble drive at the rim finishes to tie it, then gets a four-point play to put the Magic up 27-25. And look, the the Pistons were shoot ended up leading 30 to 27 after one quarter, thanks to a Thon Maker three, uh, which he would have a couple of those, which is not the norm with them. Even though he's shooting a lot of them, he's still not making them at a high clip, but the Magic were down three after one quarter. Detroit's shooting 59% at this point. You think, maybe it'll drop. It didn't. No, but You know it's bad when Luke Kennard's really going all in on you, too. But he's actually been fairly good for them. Ever, I, I, I'm telling you, this season it's been weird with him. I mean, he'll, he'll have some really crappy games, but I, honestly, he's actually not been bad for them. Yeah. Um, second quarter starts, Ish Smith puts up a quick eight points in his Michael Carter-Williams matchup. Um <laughs> Again, Smith, some, of I some of that you have to ascribe to the the scheme of the defense, right? Yeah. There's a couple plays where Michael Carter-Williams goes under the screen, and maybe he shouldn't go so far under the screen, but those are the shots that you're trying to give up, and they made them. Um, Maker hits another three, Detroit's up 39-30. Then there's that sequence where the Magic just get a ton of offensive rebounds. <laughs> I, I lost count after like six, so... <laughs> Um, and, zero and they still couldn't make a shot. Points. Yeah, and yeah. they still couldn't make a shot. Um, Detroit's shooting a ridiculous 64% uh, at this point as they're up 48 to 37. The Magic are shooting 30%, so you're getting doubled up on the shooting percentage. Yeah. Just Ross, Evan, Vooch can't hit shit at all. Just can't, like, bad shooting percentages. At this point, Augustine rejects the living hell out of a Wayne Ellington shot. And, and that might have been the worst possible play to make. <laughs> which, look, I, I'm sure Augustine just said, like, get that out of here. Or, yeah. Like, I, it, I didn't hear anything emphatic, but DJ Augustine does not get blocks often, let alone two-hand going up, block the hell out of Wayne Ellington's shot. And then, of course, immediately on the out-of-bounds play, Ellington hits a quarter three. Detroit's up 13. Uh, you know, Detroit's up 60 to 46 at halftime after a Blake Griffin three. It's the biggest lead at that point in the game. Pistons even, shot, even at that point, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say Pistons shot 58% for the half, nine of 16 on threes. The Magic 34%, five of 16 on threes. You're thinking, okay, Detroit made four more threes, but it, it seemed kind of like Miami. I know the deficit was more than nine. But, as you're probably going to yeah. allude to, you, you felt okay. As a fan, you feel like we're still connected. You feel like the Pistons are hitting shots that they probably will not continue to hit. You think the Magic are getting shots that they will start to hit, and none of that happened. I don't know how much we need to talk about the second half, but this is the one time where I felt like Steve Clifford really... I, the players didn't do their jobs, but I thought Steve Clifford, and he alluded to it in his postgame Dwayne comments, Casey outcoached them. that I, I think that he left a little to be desired. And look, it's the third game, uh, third game in four nights at right. this point. Like I think, especially in that third quarter, once Ellington just goes ridiculous, like the Magic open yeah. the third quarter, they're immediately down eighteen after yeah. Ellington hits back to back threes. Pistons go up over twenty on another did, Ellington three. Like Ellington's up to twenty five points real quick early hit, in the third he quarter. He hit five or six in the quarter, right? He and hit a ridiculous amount. So the the first two. Uh, and in fact, I think he hit three before Clifford finally called the timeout to kind of stop the bleeding. And even during that timeout, Ellington's scorching hot. Yeah. Right? He still didn't make the move to switch the defensive assignment. No. And once anybody gets going like that, you, you got to throw somebody yeah. different at him. At least put some length on him. At least put Fournier on him. What a fucking just free agent. or Yeah, free agent signing Ellington is. Which... We unfortunately have to thank the Heat for doing this to us because they included him in the Ryan Anderson Phoenix trade or whatever, and then Phoenix waves him. Ellington could have signed anywhere. Like he says, what a smart decision by him not to go to the Lakers or like Like, the Raptors or even Boston. Like they were all in there because he knows he's getting a ton of playing time with Detroit, and so he. I mean, he he, good call on him. He's going to probably set himself up to make a ton of money in the off season, maybe, but. 
And then Andre Drummond on a fast break alley-oop and one dunk finish puts... Uh, Augustine in the rim with him. Yeah, basically puts the Pistons up 86-60 with 424 to go in the third. Yeah. Game over. Don't need to talk about yeah. any more to that. The good thing is that it only counts for one loss. And I feel like we, we, we got six. So you kind of felt like, eh, eventually the wheels are going to come off for a little bit and we'll need to get righted again. Yeah, and I'm just going to blame the loss on... Betsy DeVos and the whole uh, awful uh, defunding of the Special Olympics. Yeah, that's um, fair. So the Magic currently now are in ninth, as as mentioned before. I mean, they're right there, though. So we'll uh, before we get into magical moments, I do want to talk uh, to have a discussion with you to see if we can agree if Michael Carter Williams is the best ten day contract signing in Magic history. Or okay. Not. So I do have a little bit of history going here. So the very first 10-day Magic contract signing was February 23rd, 1990, Jawan Oldham. Oh. Uh, and he wasn't that good for us, so I just wanted some history on that. Okay. He's not in the discussion. First, but, but not the best. But I will talk about Michael Carter-Williams' uh, his stats. So the Detroit game really hurt him. <laughs> um, but he in six games, he's averaged 17 minutes per game, and... Four and a half points per game, uh, five rebounds per game, three assists per game, almost a block per game. Uh, the bad part is the shooting percentages. He's right now at 28.6% field goal percentage shooting. You. Uh, 22.2 on on uh, threes. He's uh, he's averaging an, a, one and a half attempts, which is probably one and a half attempts too many. I but agree with that. I mean, I guess I'll give him one if he's really open, but even then, it's like, just just dish the ball, man. Just stick with passing. My first real strong 10-day contract candidate comes from January 10th, 1994. Tree Rollins. Great one. Uh not necessarily statistics. I'm not going to bring his stats because he yeah. barely played. Literally, whenever Shaq just didn't play, that's when you threw Tree Rollins in. And so, look, it, it was the first of two 10-day contracts and the rest of that uh, 94 season. He signed for the rest of the season. We see him again a little bit in the 95 yeah, season as player well. Player coach action. Yeah, and so... I, I just statistically he, he's he's not he's not there he's not in the conversation at all. But just as far as importance and he's a player coach at, at, yeah. in the in the final stint. So it's just something to to think about with that. Um, my first possible straw candidate is uh, Vernon Mad Max Maxwell. Oh, yeah, he played great. Uh, January fifth, nineteen ninety eight, the first of two ten day contracts is signed. In 11 games in that 98 season, so this is the one where Penny's injured. You see, like, Derek Harper, Mark Price. There's, like, point guards coming in and out. Um, I think Kevin Ollie might have gotten signed that year. Maybe. I can't remember, though. Sounds right. Um, but in 11 games, Vernon Maxwell, 15.4 minutes per game, 7.4 points per game. Uh, he gets a, a board and assists. Now, the shooting percentages kill him here as well. 33.3% from the field, 23.1% on threes. But it's not an analytical time back then either. No, he was there to shoot and bring minutes. So he might be the guy that you could put up the biggest fight against. But the Magic, they weren't, they, they weren't really – well, they were in the playoff hunt. They just barely missed the playoffs that 97-98 season. But it's not to – to the extent to where we're at right now, I think, as far as importance go, yeah. what Michael Carter-Williams is doing, because what MCW is doing is can't really be measured on the stat sheet. Hustle plays. Yeah. Um, now I have to go back to the Dwight Howard-Jameer Nelson rookie season. So March 31st, 2005, a 10-day contract for one Andre Barrett was signed, and then he eventually got signed for the rest of the season. He played 11 games. Also, coincidentally, along with Maxwell, 15.4 minutes per game. He mm. averaged 5.6 points per contest, 2.5 assists per game, about 2 rebounds on 45.5% field goal shooting and 33.33 point percentage. Yeah, pretty steady. Um, now, the Magic, that was not a playoff team by any means. So, again, MCW, a little bit more important from a significance aspect. Uh, and then I have two other candidates very, very recently. Dwayne Dedman, February 25th, 2018, 10-day contract, eventually gets signed for the rest of the season. That season alone, he plays 16 games. He starts six of them, averages about 14 and a half minutes per contest. He actually only shot 43.4% from the field, which in, he's a big man. He's supposed to shoot over 50%. Now he's shooting more threes now as a member of the Hawks, but... 
Um, he averaged 3.7 points per game, about five boards per game, and about a block a game. Again, tanking magic, Ron he- Rob Hennigan era, uh, era and uh, again, just another thing to throw out. And the only other candidate I have is actually Rodney Purvis, which was last year, March 8, 2018. He got a few 10-day contracts, uh, and then he got assigned to the Lakeland Magic with the whole G-League twist that goes with that, basically. Yeah. Uh, 16 games, two starts, 18 minutes per game, six points per game, about an ass- a rebound and a half per game, an assist per game, 32.7 field goal percentage, 25% three-point shooting. That's why he didn't stick around. So that's that's pretty much it. There's not much uh, much 10-day uh, contract fight in my mind other than Vernon Maxwell. I, I would be inclined to agree with you. I have two just fun ones for me. Both. Whip them out. From the uh, really terrible, awful 2003-2004 season. Oh, so, that was the 19-game uh, losing streak yeah, season. A lot, lot of guys shuffling in and out. One of them, my favorite 10-day contract of all time, Desmond Penninger. Do you remember him? I do, yeah. Desmond, uh, he... Uh... I believe he only ended up playing in one contest, but he wore a headband, and he kind of flew around, and he was, like, athletic and hustled, and... I thought he got he needed a bigger look, I thought. I, I thought he didn't get a good you know, enough look. You know who the Magic signed instead of signing him to another... I don't know if he got two 10 days or just one, so I didn't do my homework, but, you know, instead of picking up his contract again, who did they sign? I can't remember. You're going to have to tell me on that one. They re-signed Britton Johnson to another 10-day <laughs> after cutting him in the beginning of the year. Yeah, so he has no impact on the rest of that yeah. season. But the summer before, he had dunked all over LeBron James in the right. summer league. and Started the first game of the year in New York. <laughs> he did, yeah. Cut him. Cut him. And then he And then bring eventually... him back to finish off the rest of the tank. Yeah. So... That's two very memorable things, but but I'm putting my foot down. I'm going to say Michael Carter Williams best Magic ten day signing ever. Agree, disagree? Are you going the Vernon Maxwell route, or are you going a different route? Uh, well, the best one ever is Lee Nalon. No, God, yeah. right? <laughs> He's the only one that I think signed a ten day contract and explicitly stated about I want to retire as an Orlando Magic member. Wow, that's a good memory. Until God. Michael Carter Williams says that. He takes the top spot for me. I mean, he's saying some really nice stuff. Like, if the Magic make the playoffs, he's going to be a big reason why. So, yeah. it's. I guess we'll close the book maybe later at that point. Okay. But he's, he's, he's the leader in the house for me. Okay, Magic Moments. What if I told you Disney didn't own every tale? That the best basketball stories actually reside in Orlando. Magical moments. The life and times of two Central Florida men. A Penny and Pops production. Good afternoon. Is the Magic 52 and 30, third best record in the Eastern Conference? Lewis. Evans. This was a great pickup from the Lakers. Evans gives the Orlando Magic an athletic, slashing type of player, but can knock down that setup three. Bosch, Nostavich, another block by Howard. Lewis, pressured by Delfino. But Mo Evans is having a magnificent ball game. Evans is five for five. Dwight Howard, the offensive put back in a dunk. They only had one offensive rebound, Orlando did, in the first half. Dwight Howard with a rejection, and he has been all over the Raptors today. And for Dwight Howard, that is his fourth. Keon Dooley. He has hurt the Raptors, coming off the bench with 10. Lewis, he is going after Bosch. The pitch out, Bogans, triple, no, put that chance, Dwight Howard, oh my goodness, Superman eating some super win. That's going to do it for the Magic, winning game one in the opening round of the 2008 playoffs. And the final score, Orlando, 114, and the Raptors, 100. You got to go, Frankyard! You got to go, Frankyard! You got to go! I'm going to be laughing at that for a little bit there. So, okay. 
So, uh, if you didn't guess right now, this is uh, Magical Moments is Game 1, Magic Raptors at the uh, Orlando Arena, April 20th, 2008. Uh, the, uh, well, the two audio clips, the first one is from uh, Canada, TSN broadcast of the game. Pretty, pretty well uh, even, actually. It's, there's some homerisms that some broadcasts have. That one, not bad. Uh, Spencer, there's a ticket in front of you. Uh, so, for obviously this game, you and I attended. We did. Uh, give me uh, some info off the ticket. Uh, what, what was first off? This was a twelve thirty tip, so afternoon tip, well, not Sunday a night game. afternoon. Yeah. Uh, where were we sitting? We're in one section one hundred two row M, so pretty prime seats again for us. We were lucky enough to snag them. Yeah, I don't think we paid the one hundred twenty six dollars that are on there. Or maybe we did. I don't know. It's at this point we were picking our spots as far as uh, games to attend. Yeah. So. Uh, but kind of to, to set the tone here a little bit. So the Magic are the third seed. They, as you heard, they were uh, they won 52 games that year. This is Stan Van Gundy's first season under the uh, un- under the coaching watch. Basically, this is following uh, Brian Hill getting let go after the 14-42 season to end uh, 2007. So uh, the Raptors, six seed, only 41 and 41. Uh, funny enough, the eight seed that year in the East was the Hawks, oh 37 wins. <laughs> so that's not going to happen this year, unfortunately, no. um, as much as we want that to happen. But uh, So for this Magic game, I'll lay it out first. So Dwight Howard and Chris Bosh are the two stars on each team. Um, Jose Calderon is being annoying. Yeah, this is uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with this series that that we we didn't quite get there at that point. But uh, before the series uh, started, Dwight called himself Superman, and which we all knew at that point because he had won the dunk contest earlier than the year. Um, actually, did he win the dunk contest, or was it the year after? I can't remember now. But I think it was oh eight. Yeah. I think I think it's oh eight. All right, but. He called. He then called Chris Bosh, who was his friend at the time. Maybe they're still friends. I don't know. But he called Chris Bosh Lex Luthor. So <laughs> there's some Superman action going on there. Um, this was back when we still thought Dwight Howard was uh, charming and cute. Right? Well, hey, this is him entering his prime yeah. now, as we will get to soon. Yeah. Uh, but this is arguably the greatest intro to start a Magic playoff game or Magic playoff series ever. So it's the blue and white ignite. Uh, playoff uh yeah theme the first time with. they've done it yeah and so uh half the arena has white shirts for them to wear the other half has blue shirts to wear yeah uh we will share our ticket and we'll share some pictures from that because i am in an old school dwight howard pinstripe jersey and it's it's still a beauty the back's worn out a little bit now but I, i'm still holding on to that thing because it's too nice I, i'm gonna have to like re restitch that or do something and with i that. was actually in a current blue Dwight Howard jersey, which worked out because yeah. we were in the blue section. So there's a few there's a few stories going on yeah. to that. But back to the intro. So we're actually in the same section that the fat guy's sitting in. I didn't tell you this because if you go on YouTube, some of my YouTube videos are floating around out there, and I get the whole intro of the game, which is the second clip that you. Well, it's one of the clips that you get is uh, where Spencer and I are screaming at the fat guy to do a lap around the arena in the fourth quarter. But jumping ahead of myself. So for the intro. Fat guy's doing the countdown. Scotty B's wearing a very interesting oh, hat. Oh, Scotty B. And yet, I would actually take Scotty B back now. That's that's how weird... Uh, we didn't the, uh, know how average we had it. I guess so. I don't know. but um, So, Scotty B has the fat guy. Dennis Selvadji doing the countdown. Um, the fat guy is literally, I think, a row or two behind us, but a little bit more closer to midcourt. I mean, these seats are nice. We're yeah. very close to midcourt. We're across from the magic bench. We're always like one row in front of interesting people. It seems like it. I'm good with that theme. But um, it's the Blue and White Ignite promo video is, is fantastic. They go Pirates of the Caribbean music, which is actually really quality. Stuff's falling, is dropping down from the rafters. He's got like a repelling two, action. A little bit. He's got two sparkle-type fireworks coming off out of his back, shooting out of his back. Yeah. Um, this is just a great game because you have an extra energetic Paul Porter for this game, doing the hand on the PA. Um, for the intros, it's they go retro, they go old school with the y'all ready for this it's during the, uh, the song during the intros. And everyone's just super pumped because if you think about it, it's 2008. The Magic had not been; they had made the playoffs the the year before, but they got swept to right, by the Pistons. Out. 
So the Magic had not won a playoff game since that 0-3 series against the Pistons. Right. The Magic had not won a playoff series since winning uh, in 96. The first round. Second. Then, oh, no, yeah, yeah. first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah first round. So, then we got swept yeah. by uh, by the Chicago Bulls. So. so the important thing to remember here for this one, uh, again, we haven't won a game in, what, five years? We haven't won a series yeah. in 12 years. This is the first time that we're entering a series as a favorite, as the higher seed. Yeah, since 96. So there's a lot well, of pressure. Well, no, actually not 96. I forgot the 92 season or whatever. But anyway, still. There's pressure on We're us. hungry as hell yeah. to win something. Like, yeah. we're about as hungry now since we haven't made the playoffs in seven years. Want to get off on a good foot. But um, stuff before tip is taunting the Raptors. But this is good stuff. This is... He's not fat, fat stuff, but this is like the last good stuff. This is before breakdancing stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But he's taunting the Raptors bench. He's got a TNT theme sign because TNT was actually doing the U.S. broadcast where it says Toronto, not tonight, even though it was an afternoon game. But I'm willing we'll to take let it. that slide. But um, I call this the Mo Evans game. So, <laughs> we'll, which Mo Evans, Maurice Evans, we'll get to that shortly. But uh, it couldn't have been a better start. No. So, man. So right from tip, Jameer Nelson opens the game and the series with a three-pointer. The Magic hit nine threes in that first quarter, and it was it was absolutely absurd. The Magic took a 43-23 to lead after one quarter. And so the Magic's nine three-pointers that they hit in the first quarter at the time was an NBA record. They had 11 threes in the first half, which tied an NBA record for first half or whatever. Um, they only make two more threes the rest of the game because Toronto eventually uh, tightens it up a little bit yeah, a little down bit. the stretch. But uh, <laughs> that's why uh, you also heard the uh, the fat guy uh, noise a little bit there. We're 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 goading it. We're look. This is this is like the end, the very very end. Like we're almost done. We're fat guys actually doing laps around the arena. And there's a few reasons. Obviously, he's getting older. And two, at this point, the we're in the arena the court is tight. Yeah. It is so tight. <laughs> um, there's a video out there too of me. This is because I pulled this off YouTube as well. This is my video. But I, he's he needs a he needs like a fullback football style to like clear the crowd for him because he gets stuck in a few spots going around. But he did a lap. That's all we wanted. The crowd knows they're looking for him when he does that. But. The Raptors cut the Magic lead to just five early in the fourth quarter. Stan called like a timeout. Dwight took over. Magic on a 10-0 run. Finished the game. And we, we can, we'll look at the box score and, and whatnot. But something that, point, that comes out to me is just Dwight Howard's game. Dwight had 25 points, 22 rebounds, and five blocks. And I'm thinking... This is a very, very, very rare type of feat. So I actually did research on this, and this is the third time that this has ever happened in a playoff game since 1984, since they were able to track blocks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the other two coming from Tim Duncan in 2003 and Hakeem Olajuwon in 1987. Wow. Which Hakeem's game, Hakeem, I guess, played in an overtime game when they lost in Seattle in 1987, where he played 53 minutes. Hakeem had 49 points and 25 rebounds and six blocks. That's pretty good. So Dwight didn't need overtime. Dwight played 44 minutes in the game. He uh, he shot 8 of 13 from the field. He actually shot 9 of 11 at the free throw line. So we got good Dwight at the free throw line. Six offensive rebounds. I mean, he was freaking phenomenal. And look, this is pretty much Dwight starting to hit his prime. On the Raptors side, a uh, few notable names. Anthony Parker, current Lakeland Magic GM, 24 points. Big time. Uh, big game. Rasho Nesterovich, 16 points, eight boards in the paint. He, uh, he, he had a pretty good contest. I mean, mostly for the series, you don't expect him to score much, but yeah. he had a pretty good game. Andrea Bargnani, thank God, he struggled. He was 2 of 8 from the field, 5 points. He... Uh, he, uh, he, uh, Bargnani actually did posterize Dwight in the game, but it didn't end up mattering. But it, it's just very interesting how he, he, he's the number one pick that's going to be known as one of the biggest busts of all time. Um, Chris Bosh, 21 points, just 4 of 11 shooting, 13 for 13 at the free throw line. Uh, and then the other starter was uh, TJ Ford, very quiet, 1 of 9, 5 points. The big bench contributions came from Jason Capono. Uh, three-point champion Jason Capono. Yeah. Uh, 18 points on threes. Jose Calderon, he uh, thankfully didn't have that great of a shooting game, but he had nine points. 
Um, but he would get annoying in that as that series progressed. We'll we'll delve in maybe into other games in this series down the line, but the Magic win this series in five, yeah. and then eventually they lose to the Pistons the next series. Um, they only win one game, but at least they got a game against the Pistons in the next series. Right. And I don't know if you have any other anything that stands out to you or any moments during the game. Um, well, I think we talked about the kind of the status the status of the organization coming into that game and the importance level of really like being a favorite again and having the playoff atmosphere where you're expected to win. That's always a fun atmosphere to encounter. We talked about obviously Dwight going 2020. We we have to have been at a, a majority of his 2020 games. For some reason, it seems like you and I have always been in the building when he goes monstrous. Yeah, we did it for the first magical moments thing with the Sixers yeah. Billy King story. So but they did uh, they did do a giveaway. Speaking of Dwight being the slam dunk champion, or at least being known for competing in slam dunk contests mm-hmm. at that time, they gave away the little uh, ten card for that game. Yes, and I'm holding it in one of the photos. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to post that one. Probably will, but... Um, so my takeaway from that game, yeah. and I don't want to jump, nope. jump you, but I, I think one of the reasons we selected this as our magical moment is that little did we know, this game lived in infamy. Well, no. This game lived in famy because <laughs> it stayed in the building long after the team did. It did, yeah. So you want to delve into the uh, Magic Arena auction there? Yeah, so uh, I guess prior to the uh, arena, the Amway Arena being imploded by the city, mm-hmm. uh, they had to get a lot of things out of the building. And we thought, yeah, it'd be cool to go see what they had. Uh, didn't realize that at the time that they were still, they still housed not just like the, the red seats and kind of the, you know, uh, infrastructure pieces, but they actually had pieces of memorabilia and mementos and uh, a lot of, you know, like magic items still laying around in the yeah. hallways. I mean, they were the, selling yeah. everything that, like, they were. They sold the Jumbotron. Yeah, like, if it wasn't bolted down or if it was a bolt that had bolted something down, it was for sale. Um, we might do another magical moments, hopefully, <laughs> if we make the playoffs, about a banner that I bought yeah. and then a banner I didn't buy that was offered up there. So, uh, we're, so we're walking through the hallway of the auction. They have everything tagged with a lot number. Yeah, one of the cool things is you actually got to walk around the whole arena, like the underbelly of it, even like the coaches' boards and whatnot. That still had a Stan Van Gundy Old Spice deodorant stick in his locker there, <laughs> so fresh. Um, they also had like the board from the last game against the the Celtics where we won that last home game. I'm, I'm very prideful for that where we took that away from the Celtics with the garden. and <laughs> They the, didn't like, get to close our yeah, arena yeah. down. So we actually got to close our arena with a win at least. Yeah. But they had like the old coaches board up. But lot number 52. Yeah, we're in the bowels of the arena and something catches our eye. We look to our right and uh, hanging on the wall still inside Amway Arena is a photo of game one. Yeah. And uh, towards the top of the photo... I noticed myself immediately because I'm the douchebag wearing the white uh, old school pinstripe jersey with Dwight's number 12 on it, but I stand out. <laughs> Adam in a sea of blue for Blue and White Ignite is wearing the retro white jersey and holding the 10 card as obviously Dwight Howard had just either I, had, had a slam like a or put, put back, back slam. Yeah. yeah, Maybe the put back slam that was referenced in the audio earlier. So we scan the photo, and by God, we've been hanging in the arena the entire time. For at least the last, you know, two, two years three, or whatever. Yeah. 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 And so, well, a couple of more years after that since the, they waited a bit for the implosion. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I did we have a discussion if we wanted to buy this thing? We talked about it, and I thought it would be cooler if we just... Took photos of it. And then recorded a podcast five years after the fact. And this is why I'm some of my uh, neuroticism type stuff where I'm taking photos and putting a whole bunch of stuff on Facebook paid off, Pays off basically. Big time, yeah. Because I have that and I have uh, I have the I also have like the nose uh, make the noisemaker thing that apparently Raptors fans didn't like those. It's basically like our version of the Sacramento cowbell. Cowbell. Where it's just like the rattles basically. 
And you really had to whip that thing to get it to actually make noise. Yeah. A lot of rotator cuff issues. No, it's all in the wrist. What are you talking about? Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, I think you were doing it wrong. (laughs) But, um, all right, before we we end uh, this moment of magical moments, uh, just go over real quick the... Who was on the magic at this point? So starting five, not entirely uh, uh, a surprise. Yeah, Dwight Howard, Richard Lewis, Hito Turkoglu, Jameer Nelson, and then that roving shooting guard spot was manned by Mo Evans. Yeah, so Mo Evans, he uh, he was five for five, ended up finishing five of seven, 14 points. Jameer actually had a huge game, 24 points. Uh, Hito Turkoglu, 21 points. That was his season that he should have been uh in the all-star game yeah. didn't happen yep. and uh richard lewis had 13 so really great showing from the starting five honestly i mean richard had the roughest shooting night five of 14 but or shooting day but i, I mean then you go to the bench keith bogans had seven points which that was kind of high for him at that point keon doing as the clip said he had 10 points and we went eight man rotation so uh the the four minutes that Dwight didn't play, those went to Donald Foyle. So. One big rebound. Yeah. But uh, that's it for Magical Moments. If you were at the game or if you have a uh, memory of that game that you might want to share, feel free to comment or leave us some feedback on it. Again, we're going to post photos of not just the ticket but some of the other photos that I have with that. Um, I look terrible for at that point. You and I look better now than we do in those photos. I'll like, take that. You yeah. look good, yeah. but I, I don't look good at this point. So, uh, But whatever. I, I'm still going to show it because i mean look i'm 19 you're you're 18 at this point so um i mean we're a month away from our 20th and 19th birthdays but yeah. still it counts but anyway so i got a few more topics left um going back to uh all nba third team center voting now vooch didn't do himself any favors against detroit but the low post podcast uh zach Lowe, he had howard beck on last week i talked about how he he and ryan rosillo were talking about it this time he had howard beck on and they only mentioned uh, Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert as options for uh, third-team All-NBA center. Obviously, with Nikola Jokic and, uh, and Joel Embiid being the first two guys that right. they would vote for. And I don't know. Look, Carl Anthony Towns, he's not going to make the playoffs. I know he's got a few more points per game more than Vooch. But honestly, other than that, I, I, if the Magic make the playoffs, I think Vooch can actually get more votes than him. Than him, Rudy Gobert's more interesting because he might win Defensive Player of the Year. He got snubbed from the All Star voting. He's but again, Rudy doesn't get the ball offensively late in games. Vooch does, right? So I can kind of make an argument there. I, I don't know. It's just something to keep an eye on here towards the end. You can comment. You can not comment. And then I have one rant actually. And here we go. I've been holding this one back. So hi, Brian Winhorst. It's Vucevic. Not Vucevic. Vucevic. And I don't know where the hell Vucevic comes from. I don't know what the hell that is. But if you're going to bumble and mumble through about five minutes of talking about the magic on your podcast while I am looking more forward to what your colleagues and other journalists are saying because they're usually more interesting and have more energy than you do, um, just don't talk about the magic at all. He, on the last podcast, goes on like a huge rant about the EDM Ultra Music Festival that's going on in Miami this weekend, right. and you thought you were a curmud- curmudgeon. you got to hear that. <laughs> but if you're going to talk about Vooch, say his name right. Say the man's name right, okay? And look, the Magic, they've been terrible for seven years, six, seven years. I get that. But they're in the hunt. If you're going to show them some respect, do without some crappy backhanded comments. And if anyone's going to try and cover these guys, act like you actually know something. And if you don't know something, bring somebody on the po- on your podcast, on your show, on whatever that actually has been watching the Magic, and have them comment on them. So that's my rant for that. That's a fair take. Yeah, it was. I, I was going to probably throw more expletives, but I actually calmed down a little bit more with that. It's very but, civilized of you. Yeah. So uh, again, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Uh, we appreciate any ratings, reviews, five stars, please, for the love of God, uh, and any feedback that you can provide us, either in the comments of whatever listening platform you're using for to listen to our podcast, or you can tweet me at Papa Giorgio MBO. Spencer, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. I think you should start saying with an S, not a C, just because more people can find you. But that's it. I mean, look, we're, we're looking forward to uh, this, this finish with the magic. 
I mean, look, I know they're they're ninth right now, but Charlotte, I'm not too worried about. They're on a weird Western road trip right now where they play like the Lakers tonight, Friday night, and then they're at Golden State, at Utah, at the Pelicans, and look, I, I don't think Charlotte's catching us. Miami, it's a little bit interesting. They're probably going to beat the Knicks in New York on Saturday, and then Monday and Wednesday, they play at Boston and then back home against Boston. We'll see. Maybe they'll split them. Maybe they'll lose both. I don't know. Boston's in a dogfight. Boston's in fifth right now, and so Boston's playing Indiana tonight right now as, as of this recording, and so you know, I'm kind of hoping, I guess, that maybe Indiana wins. I, I don't know who I should hope for because the Magic got to play the Pacers Saturday, and then they got to play the Raptors, and hopefully Toronto's resting people when the Magic play them on Monday. Yeah. I don't know, but you got to win at least one of these next two pace, uh, games against the Pacers in Toronto. You absolutely have to win the Knicks game back home on Wednesday. And looking at Detroit and Brooklyn, I don't think we're going to catch Detroit. Yeah, uh, Portland is showing up in Detroit uh, tomorrow, Saturday, and so... They've got the whole Nurkic thing that they got to recover from now. I'm hoping Portland can do us another favor. And then Detroit has an, a home and away against Indiana on Monday and Wednesday. And so, again, I don't know what the situation is going to be with the Pacers. Are they going to be fighting to still hold on to the fourth seed? Are they going to be down in the fifth seed? I don't know. And then Brooklyn is the one that I think the Magic are, are going to be are, are going to surpass, I think, because... They have three home games now, Saturday, Boston, Monday, Milwaukee, Toronto on Wednesday, and it's all about who's resting on those games, you know? Will Yanni be resting? Will Kawhi Lowry be resting for Toronto? I don't know, but we'll have a much clearer picture either before or after the next game, and hopefully the Magic, I'd love them to go to win these next two games in Indy and Toronto. I don't know if that's realistic, but got to get one. Particularly, probably got to get the indie game. You've already won an indie. You can do it again. You know what it's going to take to do it. And with that, go Magic. Take care and just win. Get out the way. Get out the way. Get out the way. Yeah. Yeah. Get out the way.